Hey there, welcome to the Mental Perk Podcast. I'm Carla Hutcherson, licensed professional counselor. And I'm Brandy Mock, entrepreneur, author, and community leader. And we're here to talk about real people, real issues, and real talk. You know, Mental Perk is so excited to be here on the SMU campus today talking with some students. Um, We are with the Office of Wellbeing. Um, They are... Michael and Michelle, and they are going to tell us a little bit about their roles on campus, and we're going to talk about mental health with college-age students. So that's what we're really focused on today, but I really want to highlight some of the statistics around college-age students right now, and they're not overly good. What we know is currently 36% of college-age students are diagnosed with anxiety. Would you all agree with that, Michelle and Michael? Yes. Um, I think that's a a conservative number. That's a conservative number. I'm not going to disagree with 36. Yeah, definitely. So you would say that or higher at this point. Mm -hmm. And we also know about 30% are suffering with depression or some other mood disorder. I highly agree with that. I think a lot of people are not aware of their mood disorders. And so this is probably even more than the 30% that's already... And that's a super good point, Michelle, yeah. because I think a lot of people don't really understand what's going on with them when they're struggling, right? So I think that many, many um, students are probably not treated or they're not really understanding the symptoms that they're dealing with. So that's something that we really want to raise awareness about today. You know, 12% are also struggling with trauma. You know, we think about things that happen to people uh, while they're here, whether it's dating trauma or some other kind of trauma, and that can also lead to some of these other issues that we have Um, In 2022, only 40% of college students felt their school was doing enough to help with mental health issues. So there's so much room we have on college campuses to improve mental health care for students. And so we really want to focus on that today. We also know that suicide is the second leading cause of death for this age group. And so this is something that we really want to highlight as well. So we are so intrigued by SMU. We have heard so many good things about what you guys are doing for mental health. And so we really want to talk about what your role is. So tell us a little bit about this Office of Wellbeing and this Westie group. Yeah, so we work in the Office of Wellbeing. um, And um, they wanted to find students who could connect with other students and help bring awareness to general well-being. Um, And that's, you know, physical well-being, mental well-being, social well-being, um, and so that's our job is we kind of connect with the community and, you know, host events um, to raise awareness and educate students on how they could overall better their life and in, in the different aspects. Yeah. So, and just like adding on into what Michael was saying, I also think it is more of a personal connection with these students. Uh-huh. You know, some of them are more like scared of like reaching for the adults and just people in a hierarchy position. So being able to communicate and build that relationship with people who are just like them students who are in who've been in their position and stuff like that it's just more of a personal relationship and obviously building off of what Michael said as well so you guys are kind of building that bridge for students as they um, are learning to be more comfortable with the with the um, leaders on the campus that you guys are that bridge for them yes yeah so like you know obviously mental health and I'm sure we'll talk about it later is there's such a stigma mm-hmm. yes. and if you're um, a freshman a sophomore uh, primarily, or even older, junior, senior, talking with an adult about that could be really scary. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't. You're like, oh, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. We also we serve as that that bridge. And I love that. I think that's so important. And we, Carla and I, talk about that a lot. Is mm-hmm. the 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 gap between high school to college relationships be, between the parents and the college students? Y'all trying to learn yourself adulting. Mm-hmm. So, wh- when did the Westies start? Tell me about what. When did it start? So based on previous knowledge, people have said that it was like an unpaid job like years prior. So I'd probably say one or two years ago, it was just a voluntary position. Now it is paid. And um, there are, I believe, 10 Westies, if the number is correct. And we're each um, affiliated with a different commons on campus. And so that's just like our regular dorms. And our role there is to serve our community best possible. So we normally hold an event every month relating to something, some topic of well-being, whether that be physical, um, mental, or social, and just really trying to build that relationship with them is very important. I, like a personal thing that I just went through yesterday was meeting up with one of my residents in Bose Commons, and we walked through 
what her semester is going to look like next year. She came to me with problems about her social life and, you know, not going too deep into that, but just trying to build that personal relationship with them is very important. And I think that she's more comfortable in talking with another student has gone through the process or has more tips and trips than like a regular professor would have. And I love that. It's a mentorship too. You're, 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 there's an accountability there and be able to process and be able to relate to someone close to their age. I think it's so important. So I love it. Such a great thing. And we we hope that other campuses start to pick up on this unless they hear your story and the success that you guys are having. So hopefully we're really highlighting this group and the, the things that you guys are doing. Well, what are some of the challenges or surprises that you notice about stress and mental health as you navigate your college career? Um, I think a big area for me, like a challenge with dealing dealing with my own stress, um, is really just maintaining good habits and activities as like outlets. Mm -hmm. Stress happens. You're gonna it's gonna build up. You're in college. You're figuring everything out. Finals, you know, job interviews, stuff like that. Um, And the challenge is to prioritize okay, am I getting my physical exercise every day? Mm-hmm. Am I hanging out with my friends? Am I, you know, am I calling my mom? Um, am I continuously finding those things that build me back up to fight those challenges? Because um, it it's so easy to get lost in everything. Oh, you get, get that tunnel vision and, you know, I got to do this, I got to do this assignment. Oh, now I got to go do um, this other project. I got to do this class reading. Oh, before I know it, it's, you know, two in the morning and I still have, you know, two more hours of homework in an 8 a.m. class. Stressful. Yeah, Very stressful. Yeah, I think for me, one of the challenges I am, like, kind of going through right now is just trying to balance, like, balancing life. And it's somewhat the same thing as Michael. I think one of the bigger things for a college student, a high school student, is that you're trying to figure out how to be an adult while trying to be a student. And in most people's case, like, trying to be social Mm -hmm. and how am I going to work towards my future goals? And you have so much on your plate and it's easy, like Michael said, to like get tunnel vision and focus on one main priority. And, but then you have like all the different priorities. And one of the biggest things I tell <clears throat> my residents is that you are your first priority. If you are not mentally 100%, you're not physically 100%, no matter what you do in life will always be not your best effort and not your like you're trying your best in that just because you're not mentally there. You're stuck somewhere else. And that's what I try to tell my residents. Like, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take that time to, you know, call your mom or hang out with your friends. Like, I feel like our stigma in our generation is like taking a break is bad. And it's hard. And I even suffer this for like taking a break makes me more stressed because I'm Mm -hmm. not doing something productive. And that's what I found like in bows as well, like through my residence and stuff like that. Like people are like, oh, I hate that I'm on my phone so much, but they've been studying like for eight hours plus that day. And I'm like, it's okay to take that break. Yeah. You sometimes just need it, you right. know, to like refresh and stuff. So that's yeah, just one of the are, I mean, those are healthy coping <clears throat> skills. And that's what we teach people, that you have to be able to realize when things aren't going well and when that stress is too high. And we've got to do some things to balance that in order for us to be productive in the end. And so those are really good healthy coping skills. And, you know, you two are in this position because obviously you've figured out that you need to have this, you know, balanced life and be able to manage all the stress on campus. What are some of the pitfalls you see other students get into, the ones that you're working with? Um, I think for me is, and, and primarily throughout the SME campus, is like a big theme is like overcommitment. Mm-hmm. People feel like, you know, it's a very competitive school. Um, success is really important from the university and from parents. Um, and so kids, you know, I have a one major and one minor, and that's rare. Everyone else usually has, you know, two or three majors, two or three minors um, in three organizations um, with leadership roles. And so they, they feel like they have to do this. Yeah. And they have all this social pressure. Oh, my friends are doing this. I have to. My parents want me to do this. Um, you know, school wants us to be successful got to maximize all of this and so that's I think a big pitfall is they get caught up in the pressure mm-hmm. instead of saying okay what what's best for me right you know adding two majors on top of your your, your major maybe won't be that like it's not gonna help you that much in the long run right but being able to to fully commit to all your time and energy and be able to do which your one major 100 percent is gonna have more benefits and I think that's where they get they get caught up is I need to do everything and then they can't 
do like one thing well. So when you're talking to these students, how often do you hear that the pressure is more from not just being around their peers, but maybe from their parents? And how do you help them process that? So I actually go through this a lot. I feel like um, growing up as a first gen like child and not having my parents go to college here, it's a really big misunderstanding between what they expect and what I expect for myself. I found that I'm such a people pleaser at heart and it's so hard to distinguish between what I want versus what my parents want. And I think that was just like a holistically like journey in general. Uh It's hard to figure out, okay, like what is best for me and what do they think is best for me and just trying to figure that out. I'm still in the process of just, you know, trying to figure out who am I outside of my family or outside of my friends or outside of all these materialistic things like my degree, my grades and like what I have in my life, like who am I alone? And I feel like basing off what Michael also said, I think the pitfall also is people are trying to be other people when they're not. Mm -hmm. And so they do things where it's like, oh, because I want to look cool or, oh, I don't do this. No one's going to talk to me and stuff like that. And you're trying to blend into the crowd instead of identifying the qualities that set you apart from other people and what other people expect of you. Okay. And what about, what do you think is some of the major common signs of, of anxiety and depression and, and you and the students around you? I think for me, um, stress is obviously one of the big ones. It's the way people word their stresses. It's very, very different, especially how my friends talk. Like, it's so easy to say like, oh my God, I have this, 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 and this, and this, and do, but, like, it's okay, I'll do it, and it's more of, like, wording it and your tone behind it, like, as a joke, when in reality, it's not a joke, Uh like, you should take this seriously, like, and express your concerns about it, like, an individual, individual should not be able to go through all of that alone, right, so I feel like it's so easy with our generation to be, like, it's okay, I have five assignments, three exams this week, you probably won't see me this week, and all this stuff, but, like, in reality, it's, like, that's not okay, like, what can we do to help you, how can we help you cope through all this, and stuff like that, and it's obviously things you signed up for, but it's the way you're mentally preparing yourself to get into that situation, it's important. I mean, all of us need support systems, and Mm -hmm. I think that really highlighting the fact that your support system who are you going to lean on when you are really struggling when things are overwhelming when you thought you could handle all of that but now things are falling apart and it's 2 a.m so how do you get that support and you know i think what i do in my my role and with my students as well as with my friends is constantly communicating i'm here for you and and most of the time that doesn't mean anything they won't use that in the moment Mm -hmm. but when stuff really gets bad or they're really down low that's when they'll send a text. And that's what I found has been very uh, successful is just, hey, constantly reminding, constantly communicating, hey, I'm here for you. Or, you know, you know when I know someone's struggling, um, which often I think most people miss, oh, they're just having a good time. They're going out a lot more than they normally do. To me, that's a red flag. You know, it's, it's it, to me, it, it, anxiety and depression yeah. hides in plain sight. They're coping with something. Yeah, they're usually yeah. You're, coping. you're trying to figure it out. Um, they're avoiding something. Yeah. And I go, hey, is there anything I can help you with? Or, you know, hey, let's hang out. And usually that's just another thing is spending quality time with people um, is always, always great because as people go through depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things they do is they cut off relationships. They do. And that's when they most need those relationships. So they need their friends to be there. And so, um, hey, let's go get coffee. And, and that I've seen a lot of benefits from. So, Michael, that's really interesting that you say that. So now I'm thinking you're in your senior year. You've got to finish up your schooling. You also have job interviews, and you're playing this role, mm-hmm. and it's finals week, and you're getting lots of those texts. How do you balance that? You know, it, it's tough, and I just try to try to use my support system the best I can so that I can help others. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it's I'm not able to get to everyone, or someone's like, hey, like, you know, I, I got – an hour on Wednesday, I'm like, that's like the one time I can't meet. Um, usually be like, well, what about something else? Maybe we can chat, maybe, or sometimes it's just giving them a reference. Like, hey, you know, like you should go to the counseling center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this is like so bad. Uh, but but primarily I try to, you know, rely on my support network, my doing the activities that help me keep me 100% so that when it gets to these like tense situations, I'm able to perform at my best. Being the Westies on campus, what has been the response to 
the amount of students that actually reach out to you? How do you get yourself out there to let these students know that you are available and that you're you're there to guide them and kind of mentor them? Um, so for me, I are we are both orientation leaders, and so we got to be the orientation leader for the commons that we were affiliated with, and so. When I was the orientation leader for my Bose, Bozies is what we call them, or the Bose residents, um, I kind of just drilled it in their heads, kind of like, we are here for you no matter what. We understand that there's a lot going on as a freshman. You're trying to figure out how to live without your parents. You're trying to figure out how to live by yourself, you know, squeeze in when to do laundry, when to pick up, like, shower and all that stuff. And then you're also trying to figure out, you know, academics because obviously it's not the same traditional you know high school setting you're trying to figure out oh what orgs I want to be a part of oh do I want to apply for a job or do I want to be on a leadership board do I want to play in this sport like there's so many different factors a freshman goes through and we've all you know we've both been there we've both been in that state and I think the most important thing is just you know constantly reminding that we are there for you showing up to these common council meetings that we're required to go to showing up to just any like commons affiliated like event being like hey how's it going um how's your semester going or like when I see them down the hall I'm like hey I haven't seen you so long like how's your semester going is there anything I can help you with and stuff like that and I think for me like going off what Michael said it's so easy to get caught up in the moment and this is my Roman empire that I've been thinking about lately (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so easy to just walk through campus and assume that everyone's okay yeah that I can just pass by a stranger be like oh they look like they have you know their stuff together Mm -hmm. they look like they know what they're doing and stuff like that but you don't know what's going on inside them you don't know what they're going through you don't know and it's so easy to assume that and when I talk to residents about that they're like well I just feel like everyone around me has you know, they're stuffed together. They have their to-do list on track. They have their emails checked. They have their grades really high. They have a great social life. And I was like, but have you ever spoke to them? Have you ever went up to them and be like, hey, how's your day? Like, yeah. how is your day? Yeah, you know? it's almost, if you don't, it's almost like a robot. You're yes. going through this motion mm-hmm. of just making sure you're meeting all the check boxes off Mm -hmm. and it's like you said it's so important to actually look at someone go hey how are you though a smile can be a mask exactly it it can it can tell people that you're fine but you're really not inside so I love that you guys are really reaching out to these kids and I say kids young adults (laughs) young adults you've earned it you've so earned it but you know I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm hearing you talk about how y'all are talking to these freshman kids do you think your parents prepped you for this? Like, do you think you're, I'm hearing you talk about schedules and you're giving them all these over, I'm hearing it and I'm a mother and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed hearing you talk about how you're prepping these freshmen. Do you think the parents have helped these these students get ready on the level that you guys are right now? Does that make sense? Do you think they gave them like the training they needed to really understand what college life was like? Yeah, I, I think unfortunately not. I think I was like very blessed to, to have a mom who really, cared about that mm-hmm. um you know she's a counselor very like big into mental health and very big into like making sure you're well balanced and right. well-rounded right um and I have a dad who's very driven and pushes me to to exceed limits and so it was like growing up I had a great balance of both right, right? both ends of the spectrum and I think unfortunately most students don't yeah and that's where the tra- like this transition is so hard it is yeah mostly because they're, they come into an environment that yes it's exceeding them but they're not prepared to to grow yeah, and you're not prepared to grow. You don't know anybody possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, and if you even piggyback on that, so maybe what did, what did parents do to you know get their kids ready for college? What about mental health? Did yeah. they talk to them about mental health? Do they really yeah. understand the triggers and the the pitfalls they can get into when they uh, get overwhelmed or too stressed? And so, uh, how many kids do you know that actually understand mental health? Oh, I think none. No, okay, no, I don't know about that. But, but, Except for you. But, but I think most kids have this 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 mindset that most I think a lot of parents have is like just tough it out. Yeah, get over yeah. it. You know, it's just I mean, a, a rough patch, and I'm like, that's just hard. Yeah. like that's not yeah. exactly how it works. Like, yeah. yeah, there there are moments in life you just gotta tough it out. Right. But there are moments you gotta realize. Um, a, a, a football coach told me this: play. You know, if you're hurt, you're still fun to play. 
if you're injured, that's when you need to come off. And I think that really relates. I don't know. If I like that. Uh, I do. I love that. Right. And especially um, if I contact sport, you're going to get banged up a lot. And it's, okay, do you have a little cut? Are you bruised? You know, did you get your bell ringed? You know, that's fine. But if you have a broken leg, you know, a, a concussion or something serious, that's when you need to come off. And I think people don't understand that it's every injury is just hurt to kids. Mm-hmm. I feel like and the parents just tough it out. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's not like good advice. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it's a generational thing. You it and is I, a generational it's a generational thing. thing. Yeah. I think you guys are more aware. Yeah. Of and, and actually, I think you're kind of schooling the parents. Yeah. To a point, don't you, yeah, Carla? I, do. I think I, I think, these, think you guys so. are going to be so important because you teach the parents so much too. Yeah. But I love looking at that. There's things that you go through in life that are hard or you're hurt. Right. And then there's diagnosable mental illness. Mm. Things that are very, very real that are more of an injury and yeah. right. And we got to treat them as such. So yeah. I think that's really important that, okay, yeah, we do need to come off the field. We do need to take a few steps back and look at what's really going on. So I think that's a great analogy. We know that your mom prepared you kind of for this situation and for this role. And so um, how do you notice kids who are struggling? How do you know? Because a lot of times they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you see someone who's struggling? Yeah. So I think the first step to noticing is first having like genuine relationships, mm-hmm. right? And then after you have those genuine relationships, then you can see how their behavior changes. And like I said, like sometimes it's not, oh, I'm just like sitting in my room alone. Sometimes it's, you're going out excessively. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you go out, you're drinking a lot more than you normally mm-hmm. do. You're kind of pushing these limits. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, um, you know, you're a great student, but now all of a sudden you don't care about your homework. Um, so I think that's, that's important because the signs can be really tricky. Um, and then from there, again, like I said, it's just reaching out, constantly reaching out and constantly being available to be a resource and to be used. You know, you can only, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to be is like, put them in the best spot that they can succeed in. And ultimately it's down to them to to choose to do so, um, with the help if they want it. And I have worked with suicidal patients for many, many years. And one thing I know is many of them say, had this one person not said something to mm-hmm. me, I would have been dead, you know, yeah. and that person doesn't even know what they're doing. They're just making an effort to connect, to notice that person. Yeah. yeah. And in those moments, those things can sometimes save lives. And so that's so important. Yeah. yeah. I highly agree with that. I think it's very important, especially at this age where you're trying to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes to you and asks you for help, you have to kind of be open, open-minded to every possibility and stuff like that. And I think that's where, like, going back to the previous conversation of, you know, parents and stuff like that, it's easy, especially for me, for instance, like, being a first-gen stu- um, child, it's hard It's hard to teach my, ch- like, older generation parents that, <laughs> you know, stress is a real thing, yeah. anxiety is a real thing, yep. and depression is a real thing. It's easy because they just grew up in a society where they were never taught that. And, and they, you didn't talk about it yeah, either. So it, it was a, it was a, you know, we talk about the stigma of it, mm-hmm. but it's a, it was a huge stigma back then. If you talked about mental health, it was like, you know, everybody was going to judge you from that point on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys have kind of We're jumped starting, that hurdle yeah. to where it's, it's, it's truly caring and yeah. it's, there's truly something we need to address. We're peeling back those layers. Yes. There's still a lot of stigma, yes. but mm-hmm. it, you guys are really working hard to peel back those yes. layers and normalize it, which is our goal. That's what we're yeah. trying to get yeah. out. Yeah. Um, is that the importance of doing that? So you're already taking on a lot, and so you're noticing these students. At what point do you know, hey, this is beyond what I can do? Mm-hmm. What do I, I mean, how do you know that? What are the signs that you see that means I need to get somebody else involved? I need to get a professional hooked up with this person. I think personally when, for example, I just had this whole conversation with one of my friends, and I literally was really concerned for her, and I was like, I think you need to. There are things where it's the way people word it sometimes. It's like, I'm really hurt from this. And it's something that I can only say for so long Mm -hmm. until it doesn't register with them. And I'm like, I'm worried for you. Like, I think you need help. And it's not a, haha, you need help. It's like, I'm genuinely worried for you. And I want you in the best way possible. And it's not because I don't want to hear you complaining anymore right. or, you know, coming to me about, I'm like, I'm always here for you, but I'm not, you know, licensed to give you 
advice or like therapy or any of that stuff it's beyond that point i think it's the way people word it and like you kind of see a trend when they come to you a lot and they ask you you're like oh my god i'm like really upset and it's like about this one situation always this one situation you're like oh this happened again oh this happened again and i'm like maybe once or twice you're like okay like maybe we can backtrack and figure out what it is and then once you see it's like a repetitional situation Mm -hmm. it's like okay i think there's something wrong here i think it's something that you need to go figure out with a therapist or something like that and i always tell people like i started on better help and i loved better help like i think it was really easy and stuff like that i know a lot of people have like different opinions of you know online therapy and stuff like that but it was convenient for me just because i'm always on the go i'm always right. like all I, over I the think place it's great i, I think that. it's i think I it's great it, it yeah. allows you to utilize exactly. from wherever you're at i think it's so important yeah and just like getting on better help just helped me realize that like yes there are things that i can work through and stuff like that and that's how i got into journaling and that's how i realized like if i i just realized this yesterday when i don't go like when i don't journal for a long period of time i like things start to pile up uh-huh. in my head and i feel like i'm like overloading uh, overloading yeah. and i'm <laughs> yeah. just like oh my god oh my god what's going on like i'm overstimulated and i'm like oh my god but now i'm just like okay i need to journal like no one talked to me i need to journal i need to write down all my thoughts and everything like that it's like a brain dump for me and yeah I, and then i go look back and i'm like okay like i understand why i was feeling this way because this person said something or this happened because i've had a different expectation of this or something like that and i feel like that's where students like when i tell my friends i'm like hey maybe you should try journaling they're like uh-huh. oh my god why would i try journaling like, yeah that sounds so stupid i already have to write all these papers now yes, you're asking me to write yeah <laughs> i know and i'm just but like, you're able to go back and reflect and see oh, your yeah. growth yeah that's yeah. what I which tell i think is so it, and i was just fixing to ask you that question do you tell these people do you tell these students mm-hmm. hey the importance of journaling yeah and then have you ever gotten to a point to where like you said let's say the person's not responding to your advice at what point do you guys feel like you step in and say, we need to take it to the next level because I'm truly concerned? At what point do you yeah. do that? Yeah, so for me, um, I thought like there's a couple things. One I see, is this beyond, does this person need more than someone to listen to them mm-hmm. and offer basic advice, mm-hmm. right? I mean, friends are there to offer basic advice, right. which is fine. If they need more or I see like a change in behavior and mood, among my friends, oh, like, they're no longer going to go work out. They are big. And then I'm like, and then I realize, okay, even if I might for a little bit be able to provide great help, I'm sorry, see, there's, there's probably a greater issue, and you need to get help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people forget is that it's like sometimes, like, mental health, you need help um, before you get to, like, 100 Oh, yeah. It's preventative. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, it's like when I realize, okay, like we're in the early stages of this being a bigger issue. We're in the early stages of an injury. Mm -hmm. You need to go see a doctor or a therapist or or someone who can better help um, get you and set you up to succeed and to kind of better provide help than I can. Because ultimately, I can only do so much. I'm not a trained professional. Yeah. And it starts to take a toll on me. Right. No. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. so let's say you have someone that's in your common or your, you know, that you're working with and they're not being receptive to the mm-hmm. advice that you're saying, go get professional help. Do you all have a system that you know exactly who to go to? Do you contact their parents directly? How do you handle that? Yeah, we have a form. It's called the CCC. Concern. Concern care. And there's another part of it. I can't remember. You can, you can basically, it's a form. You can submit it anonymous, anonymously. Okay. And, uh. Basically, I can say, oh, hey, I've noticed Michelle has some some behavior that's concerning. I'm worried about her. She doesn't want to seek help. You submit it, and they'll they'll schedule a meeting with her. Okay. Yeah. I and love okay. that because it takes a lot of the pressure that's off not. of you guys, yeah. but then you know someone's going to follow up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you all follow up with whoever you send that form to to make sure they did follow up with the students? So they don't directly contact us in terms of, like, when they contacted yeah. the said person or anything like that but i do know like if i submitted one for my friends they would be like who like who did that yeah, yeah. who did that situation <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like who did that you know and i'm just like and then that's when i'm like serious with them I'm like hey like it wasn't a matter of like a joke or something like that like, right i feel like the things that you were saying 
genuinely concern me and your safety and your like well-being and all that stuff and it's a matter of like i want you to take this seriously just as much as i'm taking it seriously for you and i feel like that's the hard part is like people don't i don't know why this is really random to say but also like i feel like nobody takes their problems seriously like their mental health problems like it's kind of weird when i see like text from people and they're like oh like i'm really anxious but it's okay and stuff like that i'm like not not okay like what are you anxious about they're like it's okay like let's talk about something else and i'm just like i feel like they're not admitting to what they're feeling and like neglecting their emotions and i think that goes back to saying what you said previously is sometimes they don't even realize it Mm -hmm. it's like they don't know and i think it's so sad because they don't realize how treatable anxiety and depression is and they don't have to live with it at those levels there's so much that we can do to help them yeah so that's that's part of I think the message you guys are getting out with the wellness, um, but we want to just keep emphasizing that. Um, I'm going to just open the can of worms. Tell me about social media. Yeah, how is it affecting these students oh. on campus? Because I work with some SMU like, students, oh, and no. I'm like, yes, I hear stories. So oh, yeah. I mean, recently in the years, it's like more and more research comes out. I know there's a huge case with Facebook. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and you know the social dilemma. I don't know if you guys have seen that documentary. Yeah, I have. It's like yes. scary. Yeah. Um, and and social media, I think is it's crazy because like it, it's such a great tool, mm. but it's causing so much harm it is. and unrealistic expectations. It's, you know, even myself. If you look at my screen time, I'm sure I spend a couple hours a day on on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the scary thing is. I spent a lot of time TikTok, deleted TikTok. <laughs> that was so hard. I like go to my so phone, hard. try to open up TikTok. I'm like, it's not there. And then Instagram created reels, YouTube created shorts, and it's this like trap, yeah. sand trap. It is sand. Yeah. Yeah. How many followers do you have? How many likes do you get? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's what, you know. How many I, shares? I mean, it's endless. I've tried to be really good about like not caring. And that was really hard. And I'm just like, I want to post on my social media. What I want to post, post yeah. Well, like yes. whatever I want to, I don't care if there's, um, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, post once a month or whatever, or you know, once a day. You shouldn't be posting more than once a day on Instagram. Yeah, I don't. I, I try to do as much as I can, because um, someone's like, you know, it's it's your page, and I was like, yeah, I love it. It is your page. It's about you. It's my story. Yeah, it is. You know, one of the trends I really see is that people are dating through like Snapchat or oh, whatever, yeah. and I'm like, they forget. <laughs> How to relate to other people? They don't yeah. know how to have conversations, and yeah. then they their self esteem is so low because maybe someone leaves them on open, whatever this is. This mm-hmm. yeah, leave them open. on open thing, the whatever. open, the red, red. Uh, it's yeah. the red. See, this is like, this like, is the older generation like, that I'm thankful. I don't know what any of this means right now. I'm like, y'all don't just go up and talk to people or yeah. call people yeah. on the telephone. Yeah. No, yeah, y'all don't. Awesome. Y'all don't talk on the phone. Do no. It's so weird too because it's like when I talk to my friends, it's like. Oh, I know that person. I'm like, how do you know him? Like, oh, I don't really. And they're and they're like, and I was Instagram. like, why would okay, let's go say hi. And they're like, no, 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 we don't talk like that. And I was like, what do you mean you don't talk like that? We only talk on, on phone, phone. On, through text. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we have a friend, and she was like talking to this guy, and like, I don't know, I guess it was like pretty <laughs> real or whatever. And she's like, yeah, but like, we went out to a bar. Her, she went with her friends, and he went with his friends, and they're like, they've never met in person. And apparently he didn't talk to her at all, and she didn't talk to him at all. Uh, and I go, they were strange? like, kind they of don't a thing. I was like, what's going on? I know it's the they don't acknowledge when they're like face to face. They don't. They don't know. Who yeah, they but are. I'm like, I'm They've wondering, never did, did they follow up with each other and go, "Hey, it was nice to see you. Sorry we didn't get to chat." <laughs> they were planning to hang out after the bar. They're like, "Oh, like we'll we'll go do something after," and uh, but they never talked prior in person. Wow, and at the so bar, weird. they didn't talk at all. And I was just. And I, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> we are so losing the art of interpersonal we relationships. We, exactly. we are losing I, the art of how to relate to each other and get to know each other. And no. so I, while I think there's good things in social media, this is the one area that I think is really yeah. affecting people's heads. Well, and it's also scary, too, because no, you got to yeah. think about everything from just the social side, but yeah. also the safety side mm-hmm. of yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think another thing that it's... You know, I get COVID. We, we, Zoom was a big thing because of COVID. Right, I get right. the circumstances. But, like, now I feel like I see a lot of people using COVID as, or I'm sorry, Zoom as a crutch. Right. It, oh, I'm not going to go meet with this person where I can meet, meet with them on Zoom. Oh, I'm not going to go to class when I can, you know, hop on the Zoom link yeah. and sit yes. in class. And, um, you know, I get, you know, people try to make stuff accessible. But, like, 
you know, I will always walk, you know, the, the half mile to my professor's office mm-hmm. to go meet with him instead of doing the Zoom link. He's like, you know, I can just send you a Zoom link. Don't worry about it. I was like, no, like to me, the in-person connection yeah. it is, is being lost. And, yeah. and that's such a big thing. How yeah. do we yeah. change this? How do I we change that this? Losing because it. I think it's not, it's, it's obviously when you're yeah. talking about it, it's, it's not just the young I think it's younger. It's it's in general the adults. I mean, because I'm hearing you say, "No, I want to walk to the professor and talk to him." He's like, "Oh, we can just zoom." Yeah, and you're like, "No, I want to see your face." I can go. I don't mind. I walk. I remember, like one time, it was like four. It was four o'clock on a Friday, and it was like 100 degrees outside. I was like, "I'm gonna do it because it's it's just it's better." Yeah, it's more of a real authentic. You need it. You need to feel the personal interaction of someone right in front of you. Mm -hmm. The but screen that's doesn't also do it. a coping skill for depression is being with people, right? Yeah, like they're really connecting with people. And I, and this also brings up social anxiety. Yes, I feel like, and obviously, I know you know psychologists or any researcher and stuff like that. When I see my friends and they tell me, "Oh, I don't want to meet this person on in, like in person," or they stuff like that, like I'm anxious, I'm socially anxious to meet this person because I'm scared of what they are going to think about me, or if I'm going to say something wrong. And, you know, those types of questions and those types of comments and stuff like that, I'm like, I feel like technology has shaped our way of saying they have the autocorrect. They're like, oh, it's the yeah. text. You can't really read who I am. Yeah. And, like, being vulnerable to that person, I feel like it's the problem. It's like, oh, you're scared of this person not liking you. And I feel like it goes back, you know, obviously to – people pleasing and you know all that stuff and i i feel like we use technology as a mask as a way to like protect ourselves Mm -hmm. from people or you know trying to perfect ourselves in a way that people will like us right and i find it just really interesting because i feel like prior like pre-covid we never really had that i feel like that's like social interaction like face-to-face was like normal and now it's like when i hear my friends like oh we don't talk like that it's only through snapchat i'm just like (laughs) You don't say oh. hi. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't understand. What, like yeah. you're saying, you're telling me you text this man for five hours straight, but you won't say a say word hi. to him in yeah. person. Yeah. Like, will not. And everyone's so worried about being embarrassed. And yeah, you know, and, and you know what? I stick my foot in my mouth all the time, and I know she does this one all the time. But oh my god, <laughs> I say but things all the time, yes. and sometimes it's not meant to be said. But but learning to laugh at yourself, but you get it out. Being able yeah. to be comfortable with that, and, and there's people still relate. There's to that something that releasing about it, yeah, right? Exactly. Well, and then on top of that, just think about spending five hours chit chatting with someone on Snapchat or whatever, and then you meet them, and you're like, you could have killed five or four <laughs> hours. When you find out you meet them in person, you really don't and like them. Yeah. Exactly. Save some time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that time's valuable to you guys. Exactly. And especially like with the dating world and stuff like that, like you're bound to, you know, make conversation sure. with this person. Yeah. And they could be a great texter, you know. Yeah. You could say, yeah. I'm not one of those people. I've been told by my best friend that I text like a millennial. Yeah. I was like... Well, gosh, uh, in our age. Yes. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And I, I also do think it's because I got a phone very late. I got it, like, junior year of high school. Okay. So I was really late. Your to parents the, probably did yeah. you a favor. Yeah. And that. so, like, I'm, like, very blunt and straightforward when yeah. I text. And people are just like, it's just a joke. And I was like, oh. I was like, I'm really, like, yeah. straightforward. Like, I don't really text that much um, in comparison to all my other friends and stuff like that. I value the face-to-face, and it's like, you could see their real reaction, you know, like, get a laugh out of yeah, them. Yeah, it's not a smiling 100%. emoji. Exactly. But it also 100%. goes back to saying, you know, because I'm like you, I'm very blunt yes. when I talk, and I, I'm not, like, I don't think I'm educated on the different emojis and what they mean. I know it's funny, right? my patients yeah. say, Miss Carla, you're not supposed to use periods and, and exclamation marks. I'm oh like, my. you're not? Yeah, oh, I, know. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, period is very different than okay. Okay, yes. yes. Uh, well, my okay, period is like... It's- I hate not hate with that. It's not the same as okay. Okay, well, we're going to have to hire these people <laughs> oh to, to give us the rules. Yeah. I need <laughs> these rules because, oh yes, but yeah. it's just so interesting. And, yeah. I, and I'm so glad that you guys are seeing it too yeah. because mm-hmm. we've got to kind of change this. We've we got to figure build. it out. Mm-hmm. And again, depression, anxiety are enhanced when we don't have interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's so important to build those. And so that's why I feel that this is something we really can work on and your organization can yes. really start getting people to meet each other in person. I think that's so important. Well, I want to know a little bit about SMU. So what do we do for 
mental health on SME? What do we do when we're needing to refer someone? What do I mean, what's the process here and what do you guys have available to them? So we have obviously the CCC form. Um, we also have the SMU counseling services. And so we work directly with them um, whenever we do find someone who needs an extra push and needs to seek help that we can't like provide for them. Um, they have counselors on hand. You have the scheduling like app website that you can schedule the appointments with. Um, Dr. Tomatis is really good about, you know, presenting these like stress tips for people, especially during like finals or, you know, anxiety um, signs, depression signs and stuff like that. They actually just did a tabling event in our student center the other day for Halloween. So that was really nice for them. Um, but yeah, the counseling service is really good. I have heard a lot of people say that it's very helpful and um, it kind of pushes them in the direction that they need to be. And I believe they just hired more counselors to accommodate the student body even more. Mm-hmm. I heard that there was a little issue with that in the past, but now they've hired more people on hand to help You know, people who need to seek that extra help mm-hmm. and need to seek that extra push. And so I heard very good things about the counseling services so, I mean, I have heard that too. And yeah. SMU does have a really great reputation for that. And I know that they are doing a lot. They also have a great counseling program to train counselors here. So That's where I my know. mom came. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking SMU about what you guys program. are doing. That's a whole nother added layer mm-hmm. to making yeah. sure the students. How often do you think that these students, like how many, how many students do you think you guys mentor in your groups? I want to say within bows around 15 to 20. Okay, and, that's and manageable. yeah, it is yeah, manageable. But really manageable. do you see like are you, how how are you guys making sure everybody knows about you? Um, I was going to ask about some of your activities or things y'all yeah. are doing. Yeah, so I like to say like just good old fashioned like this is marketing is like how it is. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, networking. It's, I've got you know like um, in my commons we have our, my picture posted everywhere. Okay, um, with with like my title um, attending events letting him know of my role. Um, we have weekly me- or monthly meetings with all the leadership for the commons. Okay. And, and constantly, you know, they're updating. Um, there's like a big pool of students who I'm responsible for all of them, but e- each group is kind of broken up into to different, you know, first floor, uh, Mary Hay, second floor, you know, shuttles, all this. And they're re- constantly relaying information to them um, and attending events, shaking hands, meeting people, smiling, um, and hosting my own events. Yeah. I love it. You're basically yeah. a politician on campus. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. a little yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it, it, it relates a lot to like the business world because you know you, if you want to sell a product, you got to go out and, and sell it. You know, knock on doors and likewise. And it's all about networking, knowing people. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's the same thing in business. So let's say someone doesn't know you that's having a struggle, but someone else that does know you yeah. is able to refer you oh. and, and yeah. say, hey, or if it's a female, how often do you find that there's a, you know. cross. The crossover. Oh, females I've, or males wanting to talk to you more or mm-hmm. females, males wanting to talk to you. Is it pretty much even? Or? I would say it's pretty much even. Yeah. Okay. I do have a little bit more of a, like, a female attention just because, you know. Yeah, they girl, relate to girls, you. Girls, girls, you know. Yeah. Um, I definitely have had conversations about dating on campus and, you know, what that looks like. And um, it's not even, like, some of the conversations I have are very serious, like, things right. that are very serious matters and we need to take into precaution. Right. Other conversations are just, like, oh, my God, did you hear about the newest party on campus yeah, yeah. or, you know, all that stuff. And just, like, having those genuine and, like, real conversations is what opens people up to be, like, oh, I can go to her yes. about anything. I'm, like, I'm always telling people, I'm, like, my door is open for you guys. If you need anything, text me, DM me. You have my number. You have my Instagram, all that stuff. And one of the biggest things that I feel like it's very fortunate that I live in Bose as well is that I'm always at – their events like I'm always at those breaks I'm always at Commons Council I'm always at any events and obviously I hold my own events too and so they start to familiarize like oh she's always there I know who she is and they start to like realize and I actually asked my like Bozies that I'm like how do you guys know me so well and they're like oh because we just associate you by you're always there like you're always there for stuff and you know you're always welcoming and I feel like that's the role of being a Westie you know like we signed up for this to you know, give these students like the opening, those opening arms to welcome them into campus and to tell them that it's okay to go through whatever you're going through. What kind of events do you guys put on here on campus? Um, So I've had two. We do one about once a month. Um, My first one was focused on like social well-being. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we kind of the 
the mm-hmm. theme for today is beyond mental health was the importance of connection and yes. a friend. And so that was my first one. Um, it was it was called Fishbowl with Fish. I, I don't know if you've ever played Fishbowl. It's a fun game. But basically it was a, about an hour long. You can make it as long as you want. But basically the time of we, a bunch of freshmen came and we played community and they got to know each other. So it was right after kind of they just moved in. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of freshmen were scared to like meet other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like scared. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll DM them on Instagram. Yeah. But I don't know them like that. Yeah. Just talk to person, right? Um, so that was my, the first one. was like, how can we build relationships and connection in, in my community? And then the second one I hosted was um, we have a big going out culture and like people like to party, people like to go out, people right. like to drink. Oh, like um, the home bar. That's one I always hear about. Home bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's what I heard too. <laughs> or bar- Barley House is the best Oh bar yeah, I heard that one too. So. Barley House. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, <when> I, <laughs> so, I, so the second one was about going out, safety and tips. And I, um, when I first came to SMU, I was walking to a class and I overheard a girl on the phone with her mom. She was crying because she'd been like roofied and mm. the oh my whole nine yards. And it, I was like shocked because, you know, I was very lucky to go. I went to small private schools my entire life for like mm. stuff like that never happened. Mm-hmm. And so when I, it was like, it's like culture shock. I was right. like, oh my gosh, like that's awful. Like something that you, I feel like you hear yeah. about, but you never think it happened like, yeah. in you. your community. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of been a, something that's always stuck with me. And so it was, how can I like, provide resources uh, about going out? Um, I love that. To, to, to these too. young freshmen because, you know, right. They don't know better. Obviously, yeah. drinks obviously, alone, drinking's know? for those who are 21 and above. <laughs> Somehow these freshmen yeah. do it. And, yeah. and if they're going to be doing it. I don't know how they do it, honestly. <laughs> I don't either. But this is a good, that may be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, like, there was something like these roofie tests that you can get online. And, like, obviously they don't substitute safe you know, practices about yes. going out and making sure your drink's covered and, and not leaving it alone. And mm-hmm. if you're going to leave it with someone, make sure you know them but well. They, they yeah. actually have a fingernail polish, too. Because I, I got my daughter a fingernail polish when she went I heard went the scrunchie. The There's a scrunchie thing. Uh, nightcap. I wanted to do that. It yeah. was unfortunately not in the budget. I wanted to get 100 of them. <laughs> the budget for us. It was like, yeah, we get, we're, we're given such a small budget, and it was like uh, like 500 bucks. And yeah. I thought that'd be a great item. And that when I was talking to my my... My friends and a lot of the girls were like, that'd be awesome. I, would, yeah. I, like, I need that. Well, maybe if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to donate. Oh, yeah. What What is it you're calling it? Uh, it's called Nightcaps. Nightcaps. Nightcaps to the Westies group here. Westies on or, or any like university in general. Honestly. I love that. Because I feel like one of, the, one of the conversations I had, and I can't remember who I had it with, but they were like, you can't stop people from going out. You no, can't stop these freshmen. But you can out. keep them safe. You that can help can them. them understand what is safe yeah. what do you need to do in the situation and you know come up with a game plan i feel like the biggest thing when i told my like when i was an orientation leader i didn't really do the orientation stuff i kind of just gave them like the life lessons like guys is this our college hacks 101 situation i love that too and oh it was so interesting but one of them was like okay like what should we do if we're going out and i was like come up with a game plan yes yeah. when y'all are all sober yes. like please know who's how are you going to get home? How are you going to get there? How are you going to get home? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, Verifying Uber. Exactly. You know, I mean. And, you know, if there's going to be a designated person who's going to be sober just to make sure everyone's safe, you know, especially girls and guys, you know, you never know what's going to happen once right. you get at the venue and stuff like that. And I was like, just making sure that you guys come up with a safe game plan and everyone has everyone's location and stuff like that. Because, you know, once you're once you're in there and you're doing all this stuff, it's like you get lost in the moment. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, my God, where are my friends? Right. How am I getting home? Right. I, situation. There's a saying, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Yep. Oh, and that's exactly good. like. Yeah. I love that. Like, if you're going to go out, you know. Be ready. Be ready. Make sure you're 21, obviously. But, you know, make sure you have a game plan. Yeah. Exactly. Make sure you know who you're going with. Make sure you know who you're leaving with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. You know, the, were you bring there? Mm-hmm. Who's you know? I I like the sober friend. We usually, when I go out with my friends, we usually have someone who's sober because you never know when you're drunk. You know, all your, your prefrontal cortex is gone, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you want to make sure you have someone <laughs> there who's holding your. It's not fully developed anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so what little you have is not really functioning. Um, and it's like if you do the small things early, it's easy to succeed, right? Yeah, you're putting exactly. yourself in a, a great spot to win you know, challenges arise or, yep. or X, Y, and Z happen, 
you're prepared to, to handle those yep, situations. Exactly. I love it. So, Michael and Michelle, y'all have been such a great guest for us, and I sure hope that we can come back and do more because there's so much insight yes. you guys have. <laughs> what I do want to know is if anyone wants to be part of this organization, how do they get to be um, a Westie on campus? I think there's an application. Application. But if you shoot an email to Westies at smu.edu. We definitely talked to our director about it. Um, I had a couple friends who were actually interested. We just hired one of them, actually. That's funny. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely shoot us an email and, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, nothing too, too crazy. And you can just always, like, why are you interested in being West? It's one of our biggest questions that we love to ask just so um, we want to see you genuinely be interested in our position and, you know, continue the legacy that Westie, like the West program has already started out here at SMU. We want to continue that and make sure we provide the best care for these SMU students and, you know, just making sure that we are providing them with the well-being tips and tricks and all that stuff. That is awesome. Again, thank you guys so much yes. for being part of the Mental Perk. We hope to get all this out so people know about you and know about the resources you guys have on campus. Yes. Yeah, thank you yes. for having us. No. I think this is... Obviously, like there's so much stigma around mental health, and I think... Yeah. There's the so first, much more to talk the first about. first there is. to combating is, you know, talking about it, bringing up in conversation, yeah. making it, making sure, like, People are aware of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first step in the and, right direction. And we need more people like you to do that. Absolutely. So we're so yeah. thankful for you guys being proactive and not reactive. Spring yeah. semester, let's get part two. Yes. yes. Of course. <laughs> Good job, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. If you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health issues, please reach out to talk to someone you trust. Get connected to a mental health professional who can help you find ways to cope and ultimately feel better. If you are having suicidal or self-harm thoughts or thoughts of hurting another person, please go to the nearest ER, call 911, or contact the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you for tuning in to Mental Perk. We hope our talk today highlighted real people working through real issues based on mental health. Our goal at Mental Perk is to make sure every one of you knows you're worthy. We're in this together.